And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. This is from the NASB version of Romans 8, 28. Today, we will focus our lenses on this very familiar verse, so familiar that it is regarded either with contempt or with abuse. What does it mean to really know that God is causing all things together for good? Does it mean that COVID-19 global pandemic is part of it? Stay tuned. You are with me, Twister Hoover, for another episode of your quarantine companion, Cross Radio. I hope you open your Bibles once more, for we will focus, focus, focus on this single, if not most abused, verse in all of scriptures. Romans 8, 28. Cross Radio is where we talk about the Christocentric word shared to this Christo-needing world. Hey, hey, Twister Hoover here, and I'm so excited to share to you stories, anecdotes, and truths from the sacred writ that intertwine with our daily realities. This is Cross Radio, and welcome to the podcast that's all about the Christocentric word to the Christo-needing world. One of the things that we need to understand is that the entire Bible is a unity. When I say unity, it adheres or it is cohering towards or it is coherent because there is one single theme that unites every bit and piece, every page here in Scripture. And the uniting or unifying theme is Christ Himself. Everything points or leads us to the Lord Jesus Christ, to His person, to His works, especially to His good news, His own life, death, and resurrection. This is why we keep on using the term Christocentric scriptures. All of scriptures is centered or is pointing towards the Lord Jesus Christ. Not all verse is about Jesus, but all the verses and the chapters and the books in the Bible will lead us to its Christocentric theme. That is why when we study the book or or the verse in Romans 8.28, we need to understand its Christocentric um, approach in, in actually studying it. The thing that we need to understand, that we need to do when we study Romans 8.28 is also to study, for example, when you read a verse, you need to go to its immediate context. In studying the immediate context, you need to go to its chapter. In order for us to understand the chapter, we need to understand the book itself. We need to understand the writer, the author, to whom is the writer writing What's the theme? What's the purpose? In studying the book, we need to understand also what genre it is. In its study of of the genre, we will understand um, the basic themes or the basic um, tone that the writer is actually trying to point out. 
at the same time, when we study the book and the genre, we also need to study the testament. Is it found in the Old Testament? Or is it found in the New Testament? Or better yet, is it found in the Old Covenant? Or in the New Covenant? And in studying the covenant or the testament, we also need to understand its unifying whole. Because even if we have an old covenant and a new covenant, we have one covenant maker. In studying the Bible, we need to really be unified in our thoughts. Because if we cannot answer this, we will most likely misuse and abuse a certain verse in the scripture. So in order for us to understand Romans 8.28, you and I need to understand its basic, very basic analysis. Before we go to the meat of our, of our lesson this morning, we will study the entire Romans as a whole so we can contextually emphasize the point. I'm not saying here that we will spend all the time I'm searching about the book of Romans. Some people, for example, James Montgomery Boyce would would have given eight to nine years just to finish this book alone. John Piper. I, I've heard uh, his, his series entitled The Greatest Letter Ever Written. Gave it, I think, eight years to finish this. The book of Romans is this exhaustive. So we will try to get the meat of the book of Romans so that we will understand fully what it actually means what the Apostle Paul is trying to say especially when we will be studying Romans 8 28 the book of Romans was written as a concise theological framework of what we actually believe in as believers of the Lord Jesus Christ I think when I am stranded in an island with only one book from the entire Bible to choose from The book of Romans is a very good choice. It is complete in and of itself because it tackles all the essentials we need to go through as believers. Paul actually died in Rome, was beheaded there, and this letter to the Christians in Rome became a testament of his proper handling of God's truth in the gospel. If you'll look at me, intently at the book of Romans. I'll just um, use a little bit of a summary from this book. From Romans 1 to Romans 3 verse 20, we will be seeing the theme here from Romans 1 to 3 verse 20. We are talking about sin. Romans 3 21 to 5 21, we are talking of salvation Romans 6 to Romans 8 we are talking of sanctification in Romans 9 and in Romans 11 to Romans 11 we are talking of sovereignty from Romans 12 to Romans 16 up to the very last verse we are talking of service So see now the themes in the book of Romans. Sin, salvation, sanctification, sovereignty, and service. If you feast on the entire Bible, scholars would actually use or would pick out 
I'm not a scholar, but I will also pick out the book of Romans as a complete or exhaustive definition or description of the Christian faith. Some scholars unanimously agree that Romans 8 is the main course. It is the heart of the entire Bible. Romans 8.28 is the main dish. It is the heart of the Bible's heart. This is amazing to see that in the middle of this book is this tiny verse that holds everything together. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purposes. We will actually slice everything that we'll be studying on four simple points today as we study this passage and I hope and pray that we get to the heart of God's goodness as closer as we can. In trying to emphasize my point, allow me to just shift the entire verse backwards. So in our four points, we will try to study the phrases backward. So in in the four points that we will have, we will first study point number one, to those who are called according to His purpose. Next is to those who love God. Then on the third point, we will study that God causes all things to work together for good. And the last point is, and we know. This is shifting the entire verse from back or from the end to beginning. God's purpose for the cold, the Christian's love for God, God's sovereign providence in all things, and the Christian's intimate assurance. Our point number one is studying the last clause or the last um, phrase in the verse itself. Those who are called according to His purpose. Point number one is God's purpose for the cold. Purpose actually means to plan in advance and comes to mean that which is planned or purposed in advance. Purpose actually implies an intelligent decision which the will is bent to accomplish especially because the one who gave this purpose is God himself what God has purposed he will actually and truly do this very word itself is to plan in advance or in our own electorates here, especially in our high school or, or college, we call this meeting the avance. This is the meeting the avance of the triune God for the entire universe. It has already been written. His purpose stands and will always stand. One of my favorite authors, John Irving, always starts his book with the last sentence what do i mean when i say that whenever he would write a book he will always always start writing from the very last line and everything everything from chapter one to all the chapters will simply be a storytelling 
of those characters towards that very last line. This is what we mean when we talk of purpose. God has written the end on the paper. God has purposed in his heart everything. He has a purpose in mind and no one can stop it. I can actually remember the story of the Wright brothers who was actually making their way towards um, inventing the airplane. And according to the to the stories, according to stories, we we have heard that the Wright brothers were not the only people who were trying to invent or, or make the airplane. People from all over the community, from all over the cities, are doing their best to do and to make this flying object. What was the difference? Or what made the Wright brothers different from all the rest of these people? The answer is purpose. When the purpose of those other men was simple, they wanted to make money out of what they can do. Therefore, whenever they would start doing an airplane or a a prototype of an airplane, whenever it would fail once, twice, or three times, those people will just simply give up. It's just a waste of resources. And therefore, it is not profitable. Their purpose was to make money. The Wright brothers had a very different purpose. Their simple desire was found in these two words. They wanted, quote, to fly, end quote. The Wright brothers simply desired to fly that is why no matter what happened they they really stuck on their purpose they really held on fast to what they believed was their heart's desire they wanted to fly what more is God and his eternal purposes for his beloveds Job 42 verse 2 tells us I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. God's purpose will always prevail and He calls us to enter into His fear of absolute intelligent decision in which no one, nothing, could ever break. How do we tangibly know that we are called according to His purpose? The answer might surprise you. The answer is love. Love is the answer. That is why the verse is really connected to a very simple um, link to those who are called according to His purpose. It is linked with to those who love God. Those who love God describes a Christian from the human side. Those who are called describes them from the divine side how would you know that you are called by God you will know simply because of your love for God this is why point number two is the Christian's love for God 
we now see that those who have been purposed by God to be part of His people are those very people who are so in love with Him. This is the Christian's love for God. And ladies and gentlemen, beloved, we will tackle this tomorrow. The Christian's love for God and uh, the three points left we will tackle now we have studied God's purpose for the cold. Tomorrow, we will talk about the Christian's love for God, God's sovereign providence in all things, and last but not least, the Christian's intimate assurance. You're with me, Twister Hover, on this special COVID-19 edition of Cross Radio. Your quarantine companion This is April 2, 2020. Have a good and godly day.